Hello humans, it's your host Julie B, and this is This Hive Howls, where I attempt to break social stigmas about parenting and mental health by revealing some of my most personal stories, as well as sharing the stories of other parents who feel they don't have a voice or a space to speak out about their struggles. So sit back and relax or tie up your walking shoes, and let's get into this week's episode. Hello, hello, hello to all of my returning friends and family and listeners. Love to have you here and welcome to everybody who's new. I have a feeling I'm going to have some new listeners on the podcast this week since my episode with Renee came out last week. It's so exciting. I'm so glad that I was finally able to share that with all of you, with my listeners, to let you know that like, months in the making of having that interview done and then seeing my growth through my two episodes about identity and the loss of myself and slowly trying to find myself through motherhood. Um, It's been a journey. I'm so glad that you all are here. I hope you're having a fantastic day. It feels really good to be back on the mic this week. Um, I think I've just been really comfortable doing an episode every other week. I really like to get, you know, on the mic once every week, but life's pretty hectic and summer's just super crazy with the amount of plans that we have and like every weekend is booked from here on out, basically to the end of September. So I'm going to do my best, but I am happy that you're here. I hope that you're enjoying the content that I'm putting out and I can't wait to see what the summer holds for us here at this Hive Howls. Today, I... I'm going to talk about kind of a revelation that hit me while I was at the park with my son this evening. And it came about also through a conversation that I had with an old friend of mine. So I shared a reel, I think it was yesterday. Anyway, it was sometime this week. I shared shared a reel about how I'm just like an overstimulated stay-at-home mom whose social battery is completely depleted but I'm like desperate for friends, okay? And I've talked on this podcast a lot about the need for a village, the need for a community that mothers desperately need so we can feel supported and loved and seen and heard in our struggles through motherhood. That also, you know, applies to fathers and parents who just need a supportive community to help them in figuring out how to raise their kids. That also kind of applies in the sense of like families need a village. So having like grandparents around, aunts and uncles, cousins, close friends that you may consider like aunts and uncles to your kids. It's nice for the kids to grow up with that kind of community. But it hadn't really clicked for me until today after this conversation with my girlfriend that she mentioned to me after I posted that reel that hey, do your kids have like a playdate group? And I said, hmm, no, we don't have a playdate group. And she went on to explain that she meets with other moms and has big playdates pretty much every week, like every Friday afternoon with a group of like 12 other parents and their kids who are all of similar age to her two children. And the kids have this community and this village of children that is building friendships for them. And I thought to myself, like, I don't have anything like that close by for me, for my kids. And it's a bit baffling. I am a part of a mom group for my town on Facebook. um, But like, I never join them in their weekly walks in the woods with the little kids, just because I feel out of place. And I don't feel like 
I would belong. And since I haven't gone in a year, like I'm invited every single week on Facebook on the group, but I haven't gone in like a year, I would feel really awkward randomly showing up, knowing that it's like the same seven or eight moms who go every week, even though there's like 40 of us invited. I just don't know if I'd fit in. And so I'm awkward and I'm scared and I miss that kind of friendship. But I'm also realizing that there are no kid-centered playgroups or ways for my kids to make friends other than me as a parent going out and actively trying to collect phone numbers of other parents whose kids are the same age as mine if and when we so happen to meet at the park at the same time, which for me is rare these days. Even in the past month, like we've had really weird weather and with all the fires happening in Quebec, we have not gone out and done a lot of activities outdoors. We've basically stayed in and I have a feeling our summers are going to be really dry. So it's going to be hard for us to kind of get out and do those social activities. But I'm also thinking like there's no, you know, child kids museum close by. There's no like generalized activity where a lot of parents with young kids would go on a Friday or a Saturday where you can meet up with random people and swap numbers and try to make play dates. And that's ignoring the fact that it's so difficult to make a play date with people you actually know. So I don't know if y'all came across that like meme Venn diagram thing online recently, but I saw it again and it was the joke that like the sweet spot of finding mom friends or finding your village is finding a, a mom or a parent that lives in your general vicinity and is close enough that it makes get get togethers easy. The second factor is finding a mom or a parent who also has similar parenting styles to you or shares similar like child rearing views and opinions to you. So that way, you're not clashing every time you get together and you don't feel uncomfortable in their, you know, in their presence. And those two can sometimes overlap and that's great. But the third factor to consider is whether or not your kids are the same age. And so I have a mom friend who is my neighbor, whom I adore. And I have talked about her before wanting to get together, how difficult it is for us to plan just a coffee date together. So she's within my vicinity. We have very similar parenting styles. We have very similar personalities. We love to chit chat, but her kids are much older than mine. And so to get my four-year-old to play with her kids who are like seven and nine, it can be difficult. And they're super busy because her, her kids are much older. They're part of a lot of different activities in the community, like sports or karate or piano or, you know, just out activities. So almost every night of the week, they're out and about. And my kids are not old enough to really do that. So I can't tag along. And that's why it's not really a sweet spot for my kids to develop a relationship with her kids. Then there are kids who are the same age as my son who I've met in the park and my son will play with them really nicely and it's super sweet. I'll strike up a conversation with the parents, but for some reason, and I said this to my friend in our messaging, I said, it's really difficult to kind of get parents to be involved in a conversation with you. Now, my son has a language barrier as well. 
He is very good in his French for being four years old, and he communicates well with kids of his age. But I noticed that a lot of kids his age will kind of ignore him if he starts speaking in English and will speak to them in broken French. And so they don't want to play with him. Then I try to explain to the parents like what is going on, why it might be awkward for these kids in the park. And even though I've come across a few parents multiple times, I try to strike conversation and and let them know that like I'm warm and welcoming and you literally live like one street down from me. This would be so much fun if we could organize going to the park at the same time on a weeknight. You know, I never get a positive response back. So I've kind of felt shunned. And I've talked about the difficulty of not having that village as a mom, not feeling that kind of support. I don't know if it's a cultural thing. I don't know if it's a French versus English thing. I don't know if it's just the fallout from COVID. Um, But I know that it's, it's discouraging and it's frustrating. And so today I went to the park with my son. He asked me to go to the park and I was so excited that he wanted to go. The air quality was fine. So we went to the park. And obviously, we were the only ones there. Now, a lot of the kids in this community, in the streets around me, they go to the same school. They go to the same elementary school. It's right down the street and around the corner. So they all get off at the same time, which is like 2.30, 2.45. They all get to go home, have their snacks, do their homework, play a little bit. And then the parents who are working from home or who are able to get home early will take the kids to the park between the hours of like 4 and 5 slash 5.30 and then go home for supper. Well, that's not the schedule that my family is on. And so my son, I don't get him home usually until 5. And by the time we get in, we have a little snack, we get ready, we get to the park, it's either 5.30 or quarter to 6. So a lot of these kids that are in the elementary school or even in the daycares that are close to me have already left the park. And so we were there alone and it reminisced on me that I posted, my gosh, it's got to be two years ago now when we first moved here, three years ago. Oh God, time flies. I posted a picture of my son standing alone in that park when we first moved here. He was about a year and a half And he had asked me, he had come to me and asked me where the friends were. And I was heartbroken then, watching him play alone in the sandbox, you know, his head kind of on a swivel, looking for any little kid that would come along that could bring him joy and make him feel less alone. Obviously, I internalized a lot of those emotions because he was one and a half and I was seeing my own sad little self within him. But today, playing in the park, running around with him, bringing out my inner child to give him that friend that he needed, triggered that sadness again. And I realized our kids need a village of friends just as much as us adults need a village of adults to support us and help us grow through this time. It is so important to have a tight-knit group of friends. I remember in elementary school, we had I had such a tight group of girlfriends, and we would constantly be at each other's houses. Like, our parents just knew, okay, all the girls are going to this person's house this week, and the next week, oh, we're all going to go to that person's house. And we'd have sleepovers all the time. And I remember feeling that that group was so crucial to the foundation of my childhood that now I'm seeing my son at four, not having that yet. 
and that, and it just triggers like the mom anxiety about whether or not I'm raising him good enough, whether or not I'm facilitating good enough, these interactions with other kids in the neighborhood, you know, whether or not I'm doing enough to try and, you know, make a connection with these other parents. So that way my kid doesn't lose out on kind of this dreamy, idyllic childhood that I so desperately want for him. And then the thought popped into my head was like, there's a lot of content going around that I'm seeing now about how parents want to, you know, raise their kids more free range, quote unquote. And I love it. I kind of like that term. I think that we have to beware with free range in today's world with how easy it is for any kind of predator to imitate a teenage person online and make friends with a teenager and say, hey, let's meet up at the park. And before you know it, you've gotten an abducted preteen, right? That's, you know, worst case scenario, kind of extreme, but it happens. Um, Versus this like gen, is it gen X and kind of elder millennial way of living where, you know, come back when the street lamps come on, make sure you're home for supper. But once you get home from school, you kind of get out of my house, go find your friends and do things. And there's all these stories of people being like, yeah, we would just hop on our bikes and even, you know, bike to the next town over. Our parents had no idea where we were before the use of cell phones, before we could even like get changed to call home with a payphone. And I'd like to find a happy medium in this community, we have that happy medium. I see kids in the like grade five, grade six range, even maybe even grade four range in hordes of of groups riding their bicycles all over town. As soon as school is out, that's what they're doing. And I think it's wonderful. We don't have like a corner store. um, I'd say no, we don't really have a corner store. We have a maxi, but we don't have like a dipinar or a corner store where they can go and buy some gum and whatever and sit and drink soda in the park. But there definitely is a nice air of community and village-ness, I guess, within the kids here. My fear that I was thinking about, and I don't know, obviously, if this is a fear that other parents have, depending on where you live, what kind of community you live. I know that these would be huge fears of mine if I was living like downtown in a big city because I felt even less a sense of community in the big city than I do here now where we live kind of in suburbia. But my fear is that my son will not be going to the French elementary school that is around the corner. So he will not be making friends with our literal neighbors who are his age. I feel bad because of that Venn diagram that I spoke about earlier, I'm already kind of taking away his ability to find friends that are of his age group and in his vicinity. I'll be sending him to an elementary school that's, you know, within six kilometers of here. I can still drive there in five to six minutes. It's a more English community. I know that I'm going to put so much effort into being like a super involved school mom (laughs) because those are the kind of parents that I had. I was super involved with the school as a kid. And I know that I'm going to put in the effort to, you know, make friends, make mom friends and parent friends with the other adults in my son's class. And then eventually in my daughter's class, like that's who I am. That's what I want to do. I just fear that by the time he reaches kindergarten or grade one, maybe it might be too late for him to find a group to fit into. 
I know how irrational that sounds because even just in my own life, like I had a group of girls from elementary school, then I went to high school and I had a different group of girls, which also included some of the girls from elementary school. And then out of high school, I kind of lost some of the girls from high school and found new best friends in a group in college. And honestly, through all of that, like I've kept one or two close friends from elementary school, one or two from the group from high school. And some of my closest best friends are from my groups from college. And then in university, you make new friend groups, right? So I don't think my son will have difficulty making new friends, but it is a huge kind of worry and anxiety on me now. And that is part of this whole mental load, you know, conversation when it comes to being a mom. These things that we ruminate on, that we reminisce about, that we think about, that I could be writing lists about, that are going to take up a huge mental space in my brain, it seems insane. I don't have any other word to describe it other than insane, because it shouldn't be a concern of mine right now. He's not starting kindergarten until, I think, the fall. What year are we? (laughs) He's not actually going into a big school until the fall of like 2024. So I have a whole year still, and he's a really sociable little boy. He loves to make friends, but I can't help but be frustrated, be saddened, be fearful, and be really, truly heartbroken when I go to the park with my son and I'm his only friend. And the part that got me the most was he was climbing up some sort of like rock climbing wall. (laughs) And he said, mommy, are you going to come with me? Come climb this with me. Come be with me. And I wasn't standing more than five feet away. And I said, of course, honey, I'm coming. But mommy's too big to climb this. This is for kids and mommy's an adult. And I said, but I'm coming. I'm going to be right here with you. And he said, oh, thank you, mommy. Thank you for being with me, mommy. And my heart swelled like the Grinch. It grew three sizes that day. But it also broke because I realized that he wanted friends so badly. He wanted to play with someone so badly. Thankfully, you know, he does have me. Thankfully, I pulled out my inner child and played with my son and gave him the experience that he needed and wanted in that time. I'm thankful that I was able to give that to him, that I wasn't feeling, you know, my postpartum depression or my postpartum anxiety that I was in the right headspace to give him what he needed. That's why I'm thankful. But oh, it's still so heartbreaking. I don't know how else to describe it. Like I just I want him to have friends. I want my kids to have friends because having a friend village as a child is so important to their development. It's important to their social development and problem-solving skills and figuring out give and take and understanding like kind of where you fit into the social ladder, social structure. It helps you understand what kind of people you like to be around, what kind of people you don't like to be around. It gives you experiences into new ways of thinking because obviously there are kids when they're young are surrounded by us as adults and we impose a lot of our own opinions and thoughts and ideologies upon them that's you know normal that it's nice to have friends who come from different backgrounds who come from different ideologies who are going to start sharing their stories and talking amongst each other 
and building a little community within themselves to help everybody grow. It's important for these kids also for their like mental health because they can have somebody else to talk to when they're feeling sad or frustrated or excited that isn't their parent. I recognize how important it is when kids reach the ages of like 10, 12, um, you know, 14, even 16 to be with people who think differently than their parents because the idea is, I guess, like evolutionary wise that kids need to leave the nest so that way they can, you know, go off and reproduce with other people or yada, yada, yada. There's a theory there. But for their mental health, having other people to talk to that are not their parents is so important because they shouldn't feel like they need to rely on us 100% of the time. It is my job to give them the tools that they need to then thrive and survive in the world. But those tools also include knowing how to find the right friends and find the right people and surround yourself with the right kind of people. And once they do, then my kids will be able to go off and thrive and survive in the way that, you know, you and I did. Hopefully, hopefully they make some better decisions than we do. (laughs) Fingers crossed, but we never know. And then there's like the emotional, like health and well-being side of things. Like having a group of people you can turn to when you're feeling sad and upset is so important. And it's a huge confidence booster to have a group of people who are going to have your back kind of at all times, who are in your corner and supporting you, especially when they're the same age as you, because they're going through similar struggles. They're going through similar highs and lows. And if you think back to some of the greatest groups of friends that you've ever had, you were just like a little posse and you knew that no matter what, you always had each other's back and it made you feel a part of something. It made you feel kind of bigger than life. And that's what I want for my kids. So I know that obviously parents, it's our job to give our kids everything that we can, but in the end, we can only give them so much. We can't give them the kind of feedback and support and, you know, I've got you, buddy, or I'm here for you, buddy, that friends of their own age can give them. So It is our job then to facilitate and manage and make sure that these friendships occur. And if our kids do come to us with problems, once these friendships occur, obviously I'd hope that, you know, we sit there with compassion and empathy and an open ear and help them navigate the struggles and problems that they might have with these friend groups. But, you know, it's just, I think in my deepest heart, I want so badly for my kids to have a happy childhood and it hadn't really occurred to me before that that includes deep, meaningful friendships. And now that the summer is, you know, here and the next school year is starting in the fall, a lot of my friends have kids that are starting school. I'm thinking about my son going to be starting school soon. So I know that there's probably a worry here. There's There's a need for this conversation because I haven't heard anybody talk about like kids needing a village as well, like a village of their own age. There's a lot of talk about parents. Obviously, I've talked about needing a village a lot, but I haven't heard or seen anything about how children need supportive, good friendships. And some of those friendships can also, you know, obviously include conflict because conflict helps us grow. Like friends fighting is normal, but 
I'm really glad that I've kind of gotten these thoughts out on the microphone. I feel a little better. Like every time I say doing an episode is cathartic for me, it's a little bit like therapy. But I hope if you are a parent of young kids or even old kids, like maybe your your kid is transitioning from elementary school to high school and you're worried about going into a larger arena and finding other friends, like whatever it is, I think as parents, we're going to be concerned about our children, obviously, all the time. And I hope that you found some connection here. I hope that you found a thread of thought that maybe you've been feeling deep inside, but you didn't quite know how to vocalize or share. And now you can take this with you and share it with your own friends, share it with your own village. If you feel like you don't really have anywhere to share it with, please don't be shy to send me a direct message on Instagram or send me messages over on the Facebook page, which I know, I know, I know I have not updated in like decades. It feels like decades, but I'm just, I'm so swamped with my baby almost turning one. Oh my gosh, guys, my baby is going to turn one soon. Um, I've just been swamped, so I have not been able to go on and manage the Facebook page, but I'm still there. Like send me a message. If you're feeling lonely or scared or worried about this topic as well, I will reply. I am here for you always. I hope you take care of yourself. I hope with the weather changing for all of my local people and even people who like, you know, are being affected by my fires in my province. I hope that you're able to get outside at some point, find some sunshine. I know I'm extremely thankful for the rain we've been getting because Y'all, stuff is dying here. Like, my vegetable garden is not thriving at all, you know, for two reasons. One, we haven't been getting any rain, and two, we had a frost in May, which I'm pretty sure killed most of my green beans, but that's a whole other topic. I want you to feel good. I don't want you to worry the way that I'm worrying. I guess let me do all the worrying. You just listen here, and if you need space to think and you need to get away from your children, don't shame yourself for it, okay? You're doing the best that you can. Love on yourself today. Love on someone else. Take a break. Have some self-care. And as I say at the end of every episode, because it is so important for us and we forget as moms and as parents running around, especially as stay-at-home parents, please, please, please go drink some water. If you've liked what you've heard today, don't forget to subscribe and follow. Also, head on over to my blog page and give me a follow there. And for more silly and serious mom content and life updates, spot me on Instagram at this.hive. All the links are in the episode description. Till next time.